Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s. And Erica went through a sustained 50-pound weight loss and self-love journey. We created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. Today, we sit down with Angela Zen, the founder of Karuna. Karuna provides a broad array of functional juices and smoothies that work to restore health through the whole plant-based ingredients. Formulated from a belief that food is better medicine, each unique offering is inspired by ancient wisdom and backed by modern science. Karuna does not add sugar to their products and they are all USDA certified organic, non-GMO project verified, and gluten-free. Angela came to the United States from China in 1996. She initially struggled with a lack of plant-based food offerings and processed foods. So after becoming a pathologist, she was determined to provide a true plant-based functional beverage. Angela's passion for natural healing is rooted in her strong belief in traditional Chinese medicine and herbal sciences, as she started collecting and experimenting with herbal recipes from age five. Angela has an extensive education in both business and medical research. She earned her PhD in pathology from St. Louis University School of Medicine and her MBA degree from Washington University in St. Louis. She was a recipient of the American Heart Association Pre-Doctoral Fellowship and Northwestern University School of Medicine Postdoctoral Fellowship. Her research topics range from cardiovascular diseases to cancer. Her education combined with her experience as an entrepreneur prompted her to launch Karuna in 2017. Karuna was founded on the philosophy that diet can improve and prevent many health issues as Angela and her husband, an oncologist, believe the right food can act as medicine. We have such a wonderful and educational conversation and we know you will enjoy this episode. Also, keep a lookout on our Instagram page for a fun giveaway coming up with Angela and the Karuna team over at Courageous Wellness. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare products made in small batches in Austin, Texas. They source ingredients as hyper-clean as possible, which means both choosing organic and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe ingredients. Milk and Honey is a female-founded and funded brand that offers a wide variety of non-toxic bath, body, and skincare products that will make you feel nourished inside and out. 
Their online boutique also offers products from other top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, and more. Some of our favorite products include Milk and Honey's Baking Soda Free Aluminum Free Deodorant and Lavender Tea Tree, which I have been exclusively using for years. I also love Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. If you want to try Milk and Honey, you can receive 15% off your order by visiting milkandhoney.com and using the code CWPODCAST, one word, at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. We are so excited to share a new discount code with our listeners for Recess. Recess is a wellness and lifestyle brand that offers hemp-infused beverages designed to help people relax. An antidote to modern times, Recess offers us all a moment to reset and rebalance with their flavorful, unique combination of hemp extract and adaptogenic sparkling water made with real fruit. A wonderful alcohol alternative or just a fun afternoon treat to keep you calm, cool, and collected. With flavors including blackberry chai, blood orange, black cherry, peach ginger, and pomegranate hibiscus, they offer 6 and 12 packs, subscriptions, and sampler packs for your enjoyment. My two favorite flavors are the coconut lime and the black cherry, but I truly love them all and can't recommend the sampler pack enough, which is where I started. To save 15% on all beverages or subscriptions, you can use code COURAGEOUS at checkout when you visit takearecess.com. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. So welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for being here today with us. We're so excited to get into your story and talk all about Karuna. So to get things started, can you tell us a little bit about your personal wellness journey? How, what is your journey in wellness? Yeah, that's, uh, well, thank, thank you for first for, you know, even for this amazing opportunity to share my Karuna journey and also, you know, my product with all you followers. It's just great. Um, and so, so I started a Karuna a year ahead of you started your wonderful program. So back in 2017, and it's basically, uh, I'll say the combination of my passion since I was like pretty much five years old in terms of uh, traditional herbal medicine combined with um, Western medical classic medical research training. So that's you know the reason I moved to this country 25 years ago to pursue my graduate school training and did years of uh, postdoctoral fellow uh, research at Chicago, actually uh, Northwestern Medical Center there. And then went back to school again, <laughs> MBA for my business training and then worked in pharmaceutical. Again, you know, it's all related with Western medicine and, you know, how to uh, help people to fight over, you know, the diseases they are dealing with. But in the core of my heart, still, I'm a firm believer of using, you know, uh, the natural ingredients, especially food, uh, to help us, you know, live a healthier and happier life. So basically to prevent getting sick instead of, you know, treating the illness, we prevent people from getting, feeling sick. 
So that's the reason I started Karuna is basically by looking at, on one hand, we are having great breakouts or uh, innovations in the medical treatment field, diagnosis, to, you know, kind of different kind of tools we have now these days. But on the other side, people are definitely, you know, if you look at the prevalence rate of many diseases, especially chronic disease, uh, you know, you name it, like uh, diabetes, arthritis, uh, several type of heart disease, um, quite a few type of cancers, they are on the rise, doesn't matter how many new medicine we put into the pipeline. So basically that just tells us uh, people, you know, kind of the lifestyle mainly uh, a factor to get people, you know, kind of people are coming, become more sick. And then we have, even though we have better ways to treat them. So the, I'm a firm believer that's also one of the reason we have ever rising healthcare costs because we're not preventing this issue from the root of the cost. So like I said, Karuna basically is, is, is a baby that's born be between the marriage of this Far East philosophy that I, inher I inherited uh, from my ancestors, you know, that we put them into practice, everyday practice for thousands of years with uh, the modern medicine. So, you know, if you look at my juices, for example, um, I really highlight prebiotic and antioxidants, even though in the old days, we just know certain kind of foods help with certain kind of, you know, in the traditional Chinese medicine is certain kind of food would go into different kind of organs, you know, in our system. And then they play different of roles in terms of helping us, you know, fight over disease or feeling better, or just in general, you know, kind of dealing with weather change, all those kind of things. But you know, if you look at a Western nutritional and Western uh, medicine research, was well, like what's the compounds inside, for example, aronia berry, bean sprouts that's helping us to, you know, kind of feel better, right? So I basically combine my years of knowledge in both field and my passion to come up with the whole line. Thank you for sharing that. And you know, Erica and I got to try your beverages and they're delicious. But oh, thank you. Yeah. And um, the philosophy behind it though is, which you mentioned, is really, I think, you know, as, as something that is sort of like an accessible drink to grab, you know, a go-to thing, the idea of this philosophy behind it, the way you source ingredients, the way you um, are really committed to um, using food as a medicinal tool, or in this case, food in the context of a beverage as a medicinal tool, it's not just something that's like not not good for you, but it's something that is good for you. It's going to enhance like what you're putting in your body is actually going to help your body. It's not just mm -hmm. about the elimination of, you know, junk that's in a lot of, um, yeah. especially beverages. Like I'm actually interested in, in talking to you a little bit about this because as you were talking about chronic illness being on the rise, which it has been for so many years, decades now, especially in the Western world, especially in the United States. Um, you know, we, we sometimes examine our food, but I know that like a big culprit of that can be the beverage industry and, yes. uh, you know, a culture of drinking sodas and, um, and the amount of chemicals and the amount of sugar and the amount of just sort of like non-nutritious stuff that we drink 
and, and don't even have a consciousness because it's, it's being consumed as a liquid rather than actual food. So I, I just like love the philosophy behind it. And when I started trying them, the one thing that Erica and I really look at as far as nutrition labels go are ingredients. And the one thing that really stood out to me about your beverages are the ingredients. And there's a real commitment to the sourcing of ingredients, the quality of ingredients, and the ingredients themselves. So can you talk a little bit more about why that's so important and why you decided to do this as a beverage? Move into the beverage. Great question. Great question. You actually hit two important things that the core, I would say, extremely important for the Far East medicinal, um, I would say, science, right? You know, we use food or different herbs to to not just treat disease, but mainly to prevent people getting sick. So, you know, sourcing, especially important because, you know, obviously that's not going to be... Um, People won't see that most likely on their, you know, the food, ready to eat food labels. You know, you only see, for example, let's use quinoa as an example. You see quinoa there, you know, it's a superfood, you know, it's great for you. But here's the thing, you know, I'm sure you you have learned this over the years in the news. We talk about the, the involved kind of evolution of agriculture back in the 60s and how we improved the yield and we have the GMO crops, then we start to use large quantity of pesticides, fertilizers to increase the yield, which, you know, the, the initial purpose was to solve potential hunger issue. You know, worldwide we have just ever fasting growth in the population. On the other side, we cannot grow that much, you know, agriculture uh, products to feed everyone's mouth. So, so the scientists initially had this idea, we need to find creative ways, scientific, you know, kind of proved ways to improve the yield uh, in the field. But without knowing, you know, by using all those chemicals or uh, GMO kind of associated with the pesticides, we actually produce another big issue, which is, you know, those chemicals and also pesticides actually are damaging our body. On the other side, over planting, I'm sure you know this, basically deplete the natural nutrients in the soil and also the water is polluted with many chemicals, underground water. I'm sure you know that even the ocean water now these days. So the problem is whatever grow in the ground come out of that ground, right? So in the ancient days, for example, we know, okay, goji berry, quinoa, so they supposed to have high amount of certain kind of natural compounds inside. And those compounds can be minerals, they can be, uh, you know, lots of natural antioxidants, especially abundant in those plant-based, you know, crops. And then, however, because how we kind of do agriculture now these days, it depletes the soil from feeding those crops this kind of nutrients. On the other hand, so I try to be really careful, for example, the goji berry, of course, you can grow your goji berry in your backyard if you live in the right climate, right? I mean, it's almost like you can you can grow them in your backyard. But does it mean that goji berry you harvest is the same type of goji berry you harvest in its original kind of the ideal place that, you know, our ancestors discovered them as a medicinal food? The answer is not. Because I can tell you the ideal goji berry come from 
a particular region nearby Inner Mongolia in China. And why, you will ask why, why there? Well, is they have the climate, especially they have the soil very rich in particular minerals. And then when the goji berry grow under that kind of climate and under that kind of, you know, in from that soil, that land, it concentrate or condense these nutrients that give this goji berry this special superpower of healing. When you transplant that to somewhere else, when you grow it, especially nowadays, days, um, many growers use pest, uh, uh, fertilizer <laughs> and pesticides to grow them because it is very common now. They grow many things, you know, because to improve the yields, right? Well, it, it's still goji berry. The, I mean, if you look at the plant, the botanical plant itself is not changing to uh, another berry, blueberry or whatever, but the nutrition composition, especially the healing power is very different. That's why I have to pay attention to where my ingredient uh, harvest. On the other side, you know, quinoa, ideally you grow quinoa in South America, high up in the mountain area because the climate and the soil. Quinoa is really easy to grow. You know, supposedly you don't need any um, pesticides and fertilizer if you grow them under the right condition, right? They just grow like weeds. But if you're really forced to grow them in a different climate, different soil condition, they will still grow. But the outcome might be very different. So that's why sourcing is so important. I hope that answers your questions. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I actually think we've never gone into this in in the detail that I'd like to before. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because you bring up a good point, which is that, you know, oftentimes we talk about this in the context of, of the meat industry and like regenerative agriculture versus factory farming and nutrients um, in the meat and like what our food eats is really what we eat. That's why it's like, you know, sourcing in especially with meat is so important. But what you brought up is really also important, which is this idea of the soil, which is packed with the nutrients or not also affects the nutrient density and outcome of what the plants, the plant properties are too. Mm -hmm. And I know that's also a big part of, I mean, I'm by no means an expert on climate change. Um, but I know that like the soil, because it doesn't have the amount of minerals in it is not capturing the amount of carbon anymore that it, it really like plays this role in, in the overall health of the planet. And so something that you're, you were speaking to is that like, as our soil gets depleted and our food, you know, gets depleted of nutrients, depending on where it's sourced from or how it's grown or where it's grown. And, um, it also has a greater effect sort of on everything on the planet, on our health, all of it. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I, I, I wish everyone could look at this whole system like you do. You cannot just isolate it only, especially, you know, it's, we all love local product. Don't get me wrong. I love local product. There's lots of reason, even from the medicinal medicine point, why you should incorporate more local uh, produce into your daily diet. But on the other side, you know, obviously, even if you look at, you know, I'm a person, I don't talk about politics that much, but, you know, people start to kind of like anti, uh, I would say globalization, which, you know, I would say, but, but for some people, they would take it extreme view. They would only isolate, look at one thing, 
totally isolated. Like, you know, for example, oh, uh, global warming is is probably just is 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 a nonsense or whatever. I mean, it's it's definitely science there. You know, like you said, the ecosystem is actually very dedicated. You know, it is needed with many different parts. We, human being always think we're the only one species on this planet. Somehow it's just in the core of who we are, right? Very self-centered because we try to survive uh, at the expense of every other species, including our mother nature. But on the other side, we forgot about we are part of this interconnected network. That means without us doing something to maintain the balance of this network, we eventually will be wiped out at the same time. Because without this net, this home, we have no reason to exist. We cannot exist outside this world, right? People forget about it. And then uh, that's the essence of traditional Chinese medicine is to say, that's why we talk about yin and yang. We talk about you know, how to incorporate different type of food and herbs based on seasonalities, based on our own cycle, based on our connection with our environments. But people forget about it. And not just for simple example, whether if you go out, you you think you, you, you would say, well, is, is, uh, do I need an umbrella? Do, do I need to wear a winter jacket? We don't even say, well, let's just test the temperature. Just look at the sky, look at the signs, We'll use our iPhone, of course. How about the weather report? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that insane? <laughs> weather is a very common sense we have. Our sense of temperature, our ancestor didn't need all of those. Even navigation, imagine that, how they build the pyramids, how they discover new land. Without any sophisticated modern technology, our ancestor could figure it out. We lost all those capability. Basically, we're cutting ourselves in this little pigeon box. We're like surrounded by high-tech gears and we feel extremely great about ourselves. We forgot about we are part of not just this planet, we're part of the universe. Yeah. And yeah. I, I just always encourage people to look at the universe, look outside even the solar system, look outside, you know, even the the Milky Way system. You know, you will see there much larger plant compared to Earth. Much, we are like a tiny little sense here. And of course, human beings on Earth, we are like tiny, you know, we can't, you, you can't even see one human being when you're high up on the, on, the, on the airplane, right? I mean, in the universe, we are so tiny, but our human mentality think we're the only one. And yeah. That because that mentality is destroying us. We don't see that coming. But I think many wise people see that coming and we try to do something to fix that. But again, I'm just saying ecosystem is very dedicated. And what we are doing now, of course, because it's driven by the market economy, right? So people always have this very sure run goal. It's like, I need to achieve the profit of this quarter at the expense of even for the next two years, not to mention 50 years, right? Or not to mention my grandchildren's generation. We don't even care. And you hear that all the times, even from many policymakers. Yeah, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday that spoke about um, we're going to be the first species that is possibly like that is responsible for our own possible extinction. Um, but we're also the only species that can also make changes to prevent that extinction. So yeah. it's really a matter of what 
we're going to decide to do. And I just thought that was so interesting. And something you mentioned too, I just had a question because I feel like this last year with everyone staying home more and um, everything with the pandemic, people, it was interesting when you mentioned, right? Like you can grow goji berries, but they might not be the same nutrient density as goji berries where they're supposed to be sourced from, you know, same with quinoa, but what about, I feel like gardening and like growing your own vegetables and produce has become so popular, especially in this last year. I know more people than ever who are, who are doing it at home, you know, based on trying to create, you know, the healthiest, most nutritious, organic foods in their backyard, you know, at a much more cost-effective price. So do you have any advice, um, for people who do, grow (laughs) their own food? Like is, should we be thinking, like, I know you mentioned local and, um, that sometimes that's not necessarily the best if it's not like from the place it's probably so. So how should people go about then in your opinion? I, I have a little garden in my backyard. I just don't have time to (laughs) take care of it. So pretty much now becomes anything can grow there. Just, you know, most of them are not vegetables anyway. Um, so, so, well, you hit it. I mean, here's an interesting point. My belief is it's always better to grow your own if you can, if you can have the time and if, if you have the patience, you know, my is, you know, I don't have time. And then even if you have time, I don't have the patience because it's almost like a meditation process, right? You have to be in tune with those little plants are your babies. You have to be in tune with their needs. You have to be in tune with mother nature now, force you, hey, it's going to rain. You're not going to pull the plants out and hide it in your bedroom, of course, that's impossible. But it is true. I mean, I just think about this, the probiotic becomes so important. That's why I mean, beverage focus on prebiotic and the natural antioxidants, because prebiotic is the feeding food for probiotic. But probiotic, our ecosystem, we have an ecosystem inside our body too is in tune with our environment. That's why in the Chinese traditional medicine, we believe when we change to from one location to another location, some people will develop illness, not because they're getting a cold, not because they're getting some virus infection. It's just your body try to adapt to the new environment, especially the new type of food, you know, even the little things in the water in the old days, we you know, they didn't purify water with, you know, bleach all the times, right? So, you know, the minerals in the water in, in front from your food are different. So your body try to readapt, that's all. So you start to have this reaction. You feel like discomfort at the first and then you just get used to it, then you're fine. Well, it's actually your ecosystem try to adapt to that too. Your little, you know, micro little organism inside try to chew on new type of food. So they try to rebalance themselves, right? So the thing is, if you, let's say I'm in St. Louis. So if I grow some crops that's native to St. Louis, theologically, it's better for me. So I don't want to force myself to go crazy. I got this super berry from this part of China or Tibet. I have to force this berry to grow in my backyard. I don't have to because I don't necessarily need abundant amount. I don't cook with goji berry because the principle is we supposed to say, goji berry, you don't need that many. Those super food, you need a little bit. Maybe sometimes we say five pieces, 10 pieces. That's how we count, seriously. We don't even say, oh, buy the whole pound and eat a whole pound of them. No, you don't need many because they are so potent. When you get them from the right resource, 
you only need a few, few of them. Even nuts, people will go crazy about nuts. You're supposed not to eat too much nuts because it's very yin-driven. When you eat too much yin-driven food, sometimes can make your body, even mentally, becomes extremely heavy. People don't know, don't understand that. And most vegan people crave nuts because vegan people don't get enough oil, right? The plants doesn't contain that kind of rich saturated fats versus nuts give you lots of saturated fats. But on the other hand, if you overeat nuts, especially the raw nuts, your body will start to react as well. So those are just example. If you're more in tuned to your body, to the nature surrounding, actually you're better. So if you grow food based on the season, based on your location, which is a wonderful thing. The other thing is, you know, like you said, it saves you a lot of costs because, you know, it's fresh from your garden. Of course, your time, you know, if you consider time can be, can be, can be cost for you as well, right? On the other side, I just think it's, it's mentally also very good for people. It becomes more mindful in terms of what you eat because you force you to think what I have to grow, you know, what are the seasons, you know, what should I eat at different seasons? unless you have really fancy agriculture techniques, you know, you have a warm house, you know, kind of, you know, grow tomatoes in winter or whatever, but most people don't, don't do that. The other thing is I'm a big fan of hydroponic. Of course, hydroponic cannot be utilized for every crops, but it can be really powerful if you like sprouts. It can grow beautiful, beautiful, yummy sprouts uh, easily. Uh, certain kind of fruits, like especially berries, you can grow them, but the cycle is a little bit long. Certain kind of green vegetables like lettuce, you can use hydroponic. I mean, the, the thing beautiful about hydroponic, of course, you have to harvest when the plants are still baby plants, right? Uh, because when they start to mature, they are demanding more nutrients from the real soil, not just from the hydroponic kind of the water, natural water anymore. Uh, you can put a little bit, you know, mineral kind of natural uh, fertilizer in the water, but, you know, that kind of start to defeat the purpose. But I'm just saying, just be smart. Yeah, if you can do your own planting, growing is always nice. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about our health coaching subscription service on Patreon. The Courageous Wellness Collective has expanded on Patreon to bring listeners and clients an all-access accessible platform to educate, inform, and create nutrition and lifestyle habits to meet your personal goals. For $8.99 a month, patrons will receive weekly video content on topics ranging from blood sugar stabilization, gut health, hormone balance, energy, sleep, skin health, how to shop the grocery store, pantry staples, and much more. Included, you'll also receive access to monthly virtual events, recipes, awesome giveaways, and special guest content too. With this subscription, you are guaranteed at least four pieces of fresh health coaching content each month. To learn more and become a patron, visit patreon.com forward slash courageous wellness or check out our show notes. We look forward to welcoming you to our coaching community. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like that's become so popular and it, my mind was sparked as you were talking about that. Um, and since we're talking about ingredients, can we discuss, you know, like you shared in the beginning, right? These are probiotic, antioxidant rich, you know, superfood beverages for our bodies. So what are some of the superfoods that um, 
are in your beverages, but also that we should all be focused on getting in our diet. Oh, I wish everyone can get Arunia berry. It's actually native to North America. The native Indians, indigenous people use it all the times for food as well as as medicine. It is so powerful because it's packed with antioxidants. It's uh, smaller than regular blueberry. It's much darker color than regular blueberry as well, but it doesn't taste as yummy as blueberry. Even, you know, it's a, it's a I don't know. I mean, actually I tried fresh uh, Arroyo berry uh, when I travel. I mean, when they are fully ripes on the tree, I mean, on their shrubs, they taste great. To me, they taste great. They're not overly sweet. Uh, they a little bit, you know, kind of has that astringent, a little bit sour taste. But, you know, I can understand some people, you know, especially a few years ago, I think people's taste palettes start to change now. When you're so used to the soda, they think, oh gosh, this thing is horrible. It's too sour for me or too bitter for me. But it's, it's, it's a little super like natural medicine house. And native Indians, you, if you look at the native people, they're usually pretty smart. They know how to use their native natural food uh, source to help them to prevent them from getting sick because back in the old days, we didn't have any chemicals. Yeah, so that's something I think you can even plant it in your backyard, really easy to grow. One thing about this arena berry, you don't need fertilizer, you don't need any pesticide. It's naturally resistant to uh, many natural pests. And of course, you're not like, you're gonna harvest them and sell them in the market. So you're not like counting out, you know, how much money I'm making. So it has to produce more. You're forcing mother nature to give you more and more so I can be richer. I mean, silly, right? But people have that, then they kind of, overdo it and just totally break the bond with modern nature. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure you read that children's book, Given Tree, right? Read that yeah. book. Yes, then you, you understand what I'm saying. Absolutely. Modern yeah. nature is always very loving, but what we're doing is what we're over asking her. Yeah. I mean, in a way, in a very greedy way. Yeah. And we, yeah. we forgot about where we, we come from. Her, you know, it's we're part of the nature. We cannot dissociate ourselves from from the, from the nature. And we forgot about that. So that's something we, we have to always keep in mind. Um, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. And it's really interesting to have you present that, especially as, you know, an entrepreneur in the beverage market now, having those kinds of values and showing up in a different way. I think, I mean, I think that's really I think a lot of people now in sort of even in the health and wellness market are with with products that are more um, friendly for our bodies, friendly for our health, friendly for our planet. Like I said, it's sort of like the collective understanding of that ecosystem that you were talking about um, are showing up. And I think that's starting to shift the market a little bit. Um, as people become more educated and there's more demand for it. Um, and so I think this is a good segue into talking a little bit more in detail about Karuna and your beverages and what you offer. You offer many different flavors, um, you know, for only being what, four years old? It's, I feel like you guys, I was so surprised. I was like, wow, you have so many flavors that you offer with different things, some for immunity, some for recovery. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they are prebiotic antioxidant juices. Um, I was trying one of your recovery ones. I think it was the berry lemonade. Yeah. Uh, 
it's that really, has a lot of aronia berry <laughs> that's it yeah it's really it's really delicious you don't do any added sugar it's just no. the natural sugars are um and i guess a little monk fruit too for sometimes for sweetener but it's it's pretty remarkable, the ingredients. Um, as I started to dive in and I was trying one of your coffee drinks too, the turmeric and coconut. And so let's talk a little bit about how you come up with these um, recipes for all the <laughs> flavors, unique, delicious combinations. Um, and and what is that process like? What's that sort of creative process like? Well, that's a, again, uh, I got that question quite often from people is like, how, how come I have endless idea in terms of, so because my approach is never like, you know, iced tea, 10 different flavors or coffee, you know, five different flavors or even kombucha, you know, 10, a dozen different flavors. Because again, if you look at the traditional medicine philosophy, it's a lifestyle. Nobody is going to, you know, drink one thing five different flavors, right? Again, you know, why we use beverages? Because our body needs hydration. The makeup of our body, 70%, over 70% are made of water, right? That's why, you know, especially women believe this, you know, we, we feel differently when there's a full moon or if you look at how the ocean tide, you know, it works with this cycle. That's a perfect example. People say, that's nonsense. Just look at the nature. Nature already doing that. It's not, it's not nonsense. It's our body actually has this natural wave in tune with nature because look at our neurons. They generate this little electronic Currents. That's how they interact with each other, how they communicate. People forgot about that. It's not, it's chemistry, but that's in tune with the universe as well. I sometimes you as mom, I can feel if my kids need help, we can feel that. It's not like wacky, you know, kind of all psyche feeling. It is chill. You know what I'm talking about. So the thing is like we are interconnected. So I would say I love this because you can see I've been collecting, developing my own remedies, recipes since I was no joking five years old. So I use this every day. So I have many recipes already in place. Like I said, it cannot be just, you know, one drinks, 10 different flavors. It just cannot be like that. So that's why I use them. I need, I do like coffee because I need the energy, but unfortunately I cannot get the coffee from the market, always upset my stomach. Always give me this heartburn or some issue or I won't be able to sleep well in the night because I think somehow it's overstimulating or whatever the coffee beans or the processing they use are just not, not you know, it's releasing the, the power, the natural power from the coffee beans we're supposed to obtain. So it's actually either doing too much to us or actually doing the negative things to us. But on the other side, you know, I also use lots of hydration drinks. You know, the ideal hydration is actually not just distilled water. I'm sure you know that distilled water, actually, if you only drink distilled water, you can get killed. So we need the natural electrolytes, not the chemical made electrolytes, the natural, you know, different things in the water to help our body hydrate better. And the water also carries lots of nutrients. So our body can absorb those natural nutrients, especially antioxidants better. That's why I use beverage as a natural carrier um, to just, you know, because at the same time, like I'm busy during the day, I don't have time to grab solid food, but I'm totally fine. I'm not doing this fasting, to be honest with you. 
because I don't think I can say that's good for my lifestyle. But I do drink lots of, you know, my own smoothies and hydration drink. Because, but I, at the same time, I'm getting the water, I'm getting the hydration, I'm getting the nutrients I need. It won't drag my energy level down. Instead of if I eat a, uh, like a bowl of noodle, it drags my energy down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's why I have so many recipes because that's what I use every day. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you're like, I've been developing these recipes my whole life. (laughs) Like I have a bunch. Um, Yeah, no, they they have been really delicious and unique and I've enjoyed trying them so far. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. And um, we we do ask all of our guests three questions as we start to wrap up the episode. So I'm going to go into those because I'm, I'm actually really interested about this first one, um, especially with your philosophy and this idea of just really balance and being in tune with nature's cycles. What does your self-care look like in a day? Like what do you do to take care of yourself and do you have any non-negotiables in your, in your daily life? The non-negotiables I try to do is a little bit, even few minutes to de-stress. Um, I trade because I'm sure as a business, small business owner, um, the stress level is extremely, extremely high. I, I work in large corporations, uh, you know, kind of ma- management position is never like this, you know, because everything is on myself. And uh, it had, when the, whenever like my <laughs> production staff just texts me, there's some issues again, you know, I'm not surprised, but again, I have to be that you know, kind of firefighter, right? It constantly, you know, be on the scene and helping, you know, solve a problem. So whenever I can, I find few minutes taking a walk, you know, it doesn't matter, a safe, uh, nice neighborhood, just distress myself. Um, I used to do group lesson, you know, that was before pandemic, just to, you know, talk to my friends, you know, fitness class. And to me, workout is not about, most people think, oh, I want to look beautiful. Of course, everyone wants to do that. To me, it's more distress, you know? So I think, because I just don't have time to do like two hours yoga practice. Or t- <laughs> I just don't have that kind of time. It is too, it's luxury for me. But I always find ways to kind of distress myself. I think that's so important. Is 50% coming from your nutrition, the food you eat. 50% coming from don't stress yourself out, even you're under lots of pressure, find ways to let that stress go, you know, go really. Absolutely. Them. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Yeah. The next question we ask everyone is what does being courageous mean to you? <sighs> courageous. <laughs> Great question. We first, we're all women. So we, the stereotype is still Women are weaker than men, which, you know, you all know that's not true. We have to give first. We have to raise crying babies and complaining, whining teenagers, right? I mean, courageous is believe what you believe and do the things good for people around you. Truly deliver that, you know, uh, I would say your passion with your real action. I would say uh, is the New Zealand uh, Prime Minister, she said, uh, compassion so karuna means compassion compassion takes courageous takes courage to practice and i totally agree with her it's easy to put that word 
on your email, on um, whatever your website as your mission, it's really hard to deliver that. Extremely hard. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That requires Actually, a lot of courage. That reminds me, Erica and I actually, we met through a Buddhist practice that we practice. And, you know, in our, in our Buddhist organization, they always say courage and compassion are two sides of the same coin. And I didn't realize that the prime minister of New Zealand shared that like, it takes a lot of compassion to have courage, but it's true. Those go hand in hand. So thank you for sharing that. And then the final question um, is it, do you have a book that you would recommend to any of our listeners that's just been particularly meaningful to you? It could be on anything, but just that's been a part of your journey that you would refer us. That's interesting. I read lots of uh, the traditional herbal Bibles <laughs> that we heard, you know, a few hundred years ago, thousand years ago, and those are amazing. Uh, but, you know, most of them, uh, they're English translations now, if you want to read them, you know, once if you're really fascinated about traditional Chinese medicine, you know, that actually has lots of influence on other uh, herbal practice in other countries in Asia, as well as uh, the, they still use the Chinese words to translate that is the Huang Di Neijing. But you know, that's, that can be really boring for someone who has no idea about what, you know, but I love reading children's books. <laughs> I started when my kids are little, you know, of course, now they're 14 and 11. So they don't read those books. Like I said, the giving tree, right? Is uh, they're easy to read. I don't, I I know it's bad. I don't have the patience to write really thick (laughs) books anymore. I flip few pages that I want to jump to the the pages that I want to know the answer right away, right? It's it's bad. On the other side, I think lots of children's books we can still learn many things as adults. I, I don't know, and they're easy to read to me. And I will say any books, like I love, <laughs> you will love I it. love that. Burns, that. Burns and Bears, also easy to read books, talk about even how you deal with people, even as adults, you know, no. um, communication yeah. skills, relationship, you know, like how to deal with problems, problem solving. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's, one of my favorite recommendations. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. So for anybody who wants to find you, follow you, buy your product, where can they do that online? Uh, yeah, they can go to our website. You know, I always publish uh, blog articles based on both, you know, medicinal science and uh, medical science. And they can find the store locator under, I mean, they can find stores uh, nearby their uh, place. Uh, using our store locator, they can find our products on Amazon as well. Snack Magic is another uh, e-commerce site that's more uh, to you know they they sell mostly to corporations, but you know I think uh, individual consumers can also go there and purchase uh, healthy snacks and drinks. Uh, but yeah, we're still young, so we try to get to more places, doors, uh, retailer doors as as much as you know we can but you know just takes time uh we are right now mainly in midwest a little bit in southern part and east part as well thank you so much angela and thank you for joining us today and sharing your wisdom with us it was a really fun conversation so we we appreciate you you being here i appreciate opportunity keep up doing this good things for everyone we need it thanks for tuning in to another episode of courageous wellness Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. 
subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.